Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Broker Bros Podcast and another season. Season 3, episode 1 to be exact. I'm your host, Joe Adonolfi, as always. And with me today, I have uh, one of our co-hosts, Drew. Drew, how's it going, man? Not too bad. Good to be back. How about you? I was just going to say the same thing. Good to be back. We took a little hiatus there. We uh, we had to recalibrate, let's say. Yeah. Kind of reel it in, see what we were doing, find some ways to maybe make the show a little bit better, um, maybe flow a little bit better to our listeners, um, and just brainstorm on some good content, man. Yeah. That was that was a good thing that we always want to make sure we have quality content, something something relatable and something, you know, we always say the so what for brokers. Like Absolutely. We got to make sure we're, we're, we're doing that. Absolutely. And, and not to, you know, we won't spoil any of that content, but we came up with some good stuff. We've got a really good season ahead, and uh, and you're going to tell us a little bit, I think, now about uh, some changes that we're going we're gonna to Yeah, do. Yeah, so generally how we've been doing it, and as everybody, uh, you know, if you're a first-time listener, great. Um, if you've listened, you know, all along, thank you, um, and you, you kind of know the way we've been doing it. By the way, if you are a first-time listener, or even you are uh, an avid listener, and you haven't yet gone to your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, Given us that review, given us that five star rating. Go ahead and do so. Um, we like to see the uh, the audience engagement, right? And, and questions, things that you want to hear on the show. Go ahead and throw that down in the comments, and, and we'll get to it. I promise you that. We'll talk about it. As long as it's not like you know, what is freight? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I mean, we can get into that, but that might be longer than a half hour episode. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so to kind of get back to the way we're restructuring the show here is. Um, you know, generally what we've done back when we had Alex with us and then now with me and you and me and, Aunt, or and Eric um, is we kind of come on, we talk a little bit uh, about some sports some pop culture, what's going on in the world um, and give our takes on that stuff. And then we get right into like a market update, right? Like what's going on out there in freight? What are some big key headlines? Right. Um, and then we get into our topic, right? Our, our freight broker centric topic on, you know, opinions, whatever that might be factual, might be an opinion based thing, whatever it might be. Well, the way we kind of wanted to do this is we wanted to kind of separate because we were getting and we found that our topics that we were going into, we were almost limiting ourselves on really great conversation on those by getting into these market updates first and making sure we covered that. So yeah. what we've kind of done to kind of, and this is from the whole team brainstorming together, um, is we're going to separate that, right? So basically we're going to be continuing doing our episode, right, our half hour to 45 minute episode. Um, basically, we're going to do all sports, pop culture updates, and then also our topic of the day, right? That's how that's going to run. That's going to be our episode. Um, that market update's not going away. We kind of want to pick it out, um, and we want to make it accessible to all of our listeners if they just want to get a quick, hey, what's the big news going on this week in freight? We're going to be putting out every Friday a quick little five-minute synopsis, uh, basically reading off our key headlines, maybe giving a little kind of taste of what it might mean, um, and basically just kind of bulletin material out there to you. And then if it's very, very prevalent and it's, you know, updating and it's a big headline, we'll dive into a little bit on the next week's episode. Absolutely. Right? So I, what, what do you think about that, Drew? You think it's, you think it's going to be a good one? I, I love the fact that we're kind of plucking that out so that way we can jam pack our episodes with good topic conversation. Right. It really, it lets people pick what they, what they're interested in at that moment too, right? There are going to be times where people are, are just, you know, what's going on in free. Right. What do I need to know right now? Um, yep. and, and we want to be a source for that. Right. And that's we that's one of the things we do on our social media yes. uh, for LDI. We're always trying to keep you up to date on the latest in freight. Um, and we're, we're just taking another way of being a source for freight news. Yep. Um, but then, too, that what that lets us do is really keep, keep these episodes, these full podcast episodes 
a little more entertaining and also a little more in-depth. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it kind of, you know, we found that the market updates, while still very valuable, we're just kind of eating into that good topic conversation, right? And that's what right. we want to do on the actual physical podcast. It's what I go back to when we first had our original podcast um, ever here at LDI is we just want to spark conversation around this freight industry, whether that's, like I said, it could be totally factual based or we're just going to talk about facts today or we're going to get into opinions. Generally, we get into opinions, which I like. Right. Um, and how we see the, the freight market turning and where, you know, past experiences, what we can kind of draw on to kind of, you know, forecast. Right. Right. So I, I like kind of when we do that. So, no, I like it. I think it's going to be a good setup moving forward. Um, yeah, so look out for every Friday's uh, Broker Bros is going to put out basically, I don't know, I don't know what we want to call it yet. We're going to come up with a fancy little name for our market update, or uh, yep. But yeah, I've just been, I've just been calling them quick hits, but that's really I like quick hits. Yeah, um, that might yeah. be good, man. <laughs> LDI's quick hits. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of been my my thing. Uh, well, yeah, we'll think a little bit more about that. But yeah, there'll be a, a short form, just real fast update uh, for you every week. Yep, and tell your colleagues, tell anybody that you know in the freight industry about us. Um, like I said. We just want to be here to kind of continue a conversation and spark conversations, right? So again, with those reviews, big thing. This episode, we want to get some, want to get some questions, some, some, uh, some recommendations from the audience on topics that we they might want us to hear us talk about. Right? Absolutely. What do so, you want to hear? What do you want to hear, listener? Um, but yeah, man. So let's just get right into it. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Maybe the greatest team to ever grace a foot. No, I'm kidding. But the Bills, man, they're, they're killing it, right? They, everybody here knows that we're Buffalo boys. Um, we, we support our Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia. Shout out to them. Um, but, yeah, they're just they're killing it, right? One terrible loss. Week one, I was there. It, it, it really, really hurt. It made you think. Yep. It made you say, hmm, was last season a fluke? And the last four weeks have showed you that. No, it, again, Kansas City is probably the only prominent opponent there and they're still having it down here i want to see this monday night to reconfirm but i, I think right. we know that they're pretty dang good yeah i, I think one of the things that, that has been getting a little talk now um is that okay 35 nothing over the dolphins well the dolphins are bad right it's still 35 nothing that's very true right they're an nfl team they, yep. they did not no matter what you think of them as an NFL team, they didn't get here collecting bottle caps. No, right? They got here by being very, very good at football, and the Bills didn't. The Bills didn't squeak out a victory. No, no domination. Um, they didn't. They didn't get away with one. For that matter, it never looked like the the Dolphins belonged on the field with them. And and one thing for it to happen one time, right? The the Bills have been on both sides of that. Um, last Absolutely. year at Tennessee, uh-huh. right? Forty two nineteen. I think I heard it this I morning. Don't, I don't even think we scored nineteen. Maybe 16. Um, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I heard the score this morning. I'm like, ooh, wow. Yeah, it, it was, was that bad. bad. Huh? <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you kind of jokingly said maybe the greatest team, right? Obviously, you're kidding there. Um, but in terms of greatest runs of it a four-game run. run, I'm not sure I could I could pick one out that is a better four-game run um, than to, to beat their team, you know, beat uh, four teams by a combined – 156 to 41, something yeah. like that? Yeah. It's <laughs> um, unbelievable. I've, I've never even heard of that. No. And what's that stat that you got for us on that uh, on that point differential? Yes. It's an amazing so stat. So the Bills' point differential so far this season is plus 108. Everybody knows that. Um, but there's two really interesting things that I found about that. First of all, uh, they are one touchdown away from, from beating or 
equaling the second and third teams combined. Uh, because uh, was it, it's um, Arizona and Dallas on yes. the second and third teams. They are, I think, 60... Uh, I forget exactly what it was. It might be 62 and 53 or something sounds like about that. Right. Yeah, sounds about um, right. Or 63 and 52, somewhere in there. It adds up to 115. The Bills are one touchdown and one extra point away from matching both of those teams combined That's in point differential. That is insane. Um, and then the entire AFC, every single positive point differential team in the AFC, other than the Bills, adds up to 119. The Bills are 11 points shy of matching the combined total of every single positive team in the entire conference. So are they good? I would say that's pretty good, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I'd venture to say that's great. That's on that's on the verge of greatness. Right. Um, and like you said, I don't know. It's too very very too it's too premature to say that they're the greatest ever, right? Or or one of the greatest things to ever walk the, the football field. You know, it's no greatest show on turf yet. You know, if they keep right. doing this the rest of the year, uh, we're going to have a conversation to have. But yeah, you know, I, I think you're right though. On a four to five game run, I've never seen. Another team. I mean, maybe the 07 Patriots, maybe uh, Manning when he first got to right. Denver, right? That's about it, though, that I yeah, can those, think of. Yeah, those just wild, yeah. you know, I mean, those are two times since in, in this century so far that it's even happened. Yeah. Right? Those, those wild scenarios where everything lines up, right, and you get Hall of Famers just by the boatload on, on both of those teams. Yeah. Right? And... Still, that's. I'm sure they put together a string like that. I really can't think of one that that tells me that oh, that's that was way better than what the Bills have just done. Yeah, and I mean the fact that they're just they're embarrassing teams. They're yeah. embarrassing teams. Like the Bills haven't played a one score game. They haven't played a two score game. No, even the more you thought the Kansas City one, they embarrassed Kansas City on yeah. Sunday night. They absolutely did. All this talk in the national media of, I it's just wild to me. It's like maybe. Maybe it's just a Chiefs thing and not a Bills thing. You know, maybe I'm kind of taking that to heart. Maybe it's just that the national media wants to love the Chiefs so bad because they have for so many years. Um, and it's not, you know, we just want to keep Buffalo down. But the fact, Sunday night, that it just felt like Chris Collinsworth, for example. Yeah. He just he just, he was talking like the Bills were just happy to be there. Gee, right. we're happy to be here, guys. Thanks for inviting us. Right. Well, we took it to him and stomped him in their yard. and And it's like... Well, what's wrong with Mahomes? Mahomes yeah. looks so rough. He's just off tonight. You know, it was never look at this Bills defense and how what they're doing to Mahomes because that was the real story there. Oh yeah, and really, it's been like that. It was like that last year too, right? Mm-hmm. There was all that. Who did they beat? Yep. Right, and and then every week we would hear, oh, you know, Washington's defense is really good, and then we beat Washington, and who did they beat? Right, and then yeah. and. The Dolphins have the best defense in, in the NFL. Watch out for those corners. Right, and, and Matt Barkley is bombing away on them. Yep. And who did they beat? And it's just, at some point, the Bills are good. Yes. That's the answer to this. America, wake up. The Bills <laughs> are good. You're going to have to you're gonna have to like it. Right. Because, There's no mystery here. Because it's here. It's like uh, back in the 90s, baby. We're back, America. Oh, yeah. Deal with it. <laughs> and I, I do think that people are starting to come around to that. Yeah, right? Especially so. this past week after... After beating the the Chiefs, not just you know they beat them by eighteen. Yeah. Right. Finally, people are waking up. They did it on primetime television. They're back on Monday night this week. I think both times the Bills play in primetime this year, they they do it back to back weeks. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that'll be uh, that'll be really interesting to see kind of what the coverage is. You know, obviously you, you hope that there's a little bit of a revenge game happening here. 
on Monday. Yeah, and I mean the fact that like you know even Monday morning the 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 talks that I saw was like, yeah, the Bills beat the Chiefs, but maybe the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs anymore. It's like you know, any excuse to say like, oh, hold on, Buffalo. Right. <laughs> well, and another thing I've I've really noticed is everybody talks about how the Chiefs have three losses, but those three losses are to the Bills. Uh, the Ravens. Chargers and the Ravens, yep. and, and so it's kind of it's it's amazing to me that they want to defend that. Well, they lost to three good teams without admitting that those three teams are good. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre to me. And the other thing though too is, if I were to ask you, if you were a Chiefs fan, who are the three teams you'd really like to have a tiebreaker over? There's your are three. those not the three answers that you would immediately rattle off? Yep, those are your three. And the, the the weirdest part is looking at that division standings right now. Yeah. But here's the thing I always say, coming from a Buffalo Bills fan that lived through the entire drought, primarily my whole my whole life, um, has been the, the Bills drought. The standings that you see in a division like the AFC West right <laughs> now are good. They might be completely flip-flop by the time the end of the year. Happens, That's true, right? although I really have a hard time. Now, for the for the Chiefs, at least they get to play the Chargers again, right? That's going to be a big game for them. I don't see them losing that one, but I think it'll be close, right? Uh, but at least that that's one loss that they can they can force on the Chargers if they play well, Correct. right? They don't get to do that with Buffalo nope. or Baltimore. Nope. Um, and it's really tough to imagine a scenario now where where the especially with the Bills, the schedule that's come from here on out, not real tough. Tennessee and Tampa Bay, those are your two tough tests, left. right? And so the the Chiefs to pass the Bills now need to win three more games than the Bills win. I feel good. I feel I, good. I don't know if the Bills are going to lose three games. Still. I don't know. I really don't know. And you're, like you said, it, it might if, if they are going to, it's going to be Tennessee and Tampa, and that's two. Right. Right. And you know, there's always the chance that there's, sure there's you know, a letdown week. There's, sure. there's those games. They always happen. Right. Again, everybody in the NFL got there on purpose. <laughs> that's what I like to go back towards too. Is like when you were saying that about Miami. Is like. You know, I would say this to anybody that's like, oh, it's Miami. It's like, it doesn't matter. Go line up Miami against Alabama right now. Right. Miami would wipe them off the face of the earth. Yeah. Because they're NFL players. They're professional football players. It yeah, doesn't that, matter what That level. debate comes up every single year, right? Could the best college team beat the worst NFL? No. No. Because the well, how do you end up with the best college team? You have a few guys on your team that would love to be on that NFL team. Yep. And most that aren't going to make it. Exactly. Yeah. Look at the percentages when it comes to... College success to the NFL, the percentages are very low. I'm just going to say they're very, very low. Right. <laughs> so to be in the NFL and be a team full of those NFL players, it doesn't matter. Like that, that's why it's more impressive to me. It's not like a hey, Bills beat you know the, the Texans forty to nothing. No, the Bills beat the Texans forty to nothing. Like that's right. Wild. Like that, when's the last time you saw a forty point win in the NFL? Yeah. Right. With and a zero time... goose egg on the right. other side. And, not and again, just like fifty to ten. And and again, fifty six. To or 156 to 41, I think are the numbers. Yeah. For those for those games, Ugh. that's just not something that happens. No, absolutely not. Well, it's another big test this Monday night. Uh, we'll be taking on the Titans down in Tennessee. Yours truly will be in the stands representing Bills Mafia, awesome. Section 340, Row Row F. If you're there and you're listening right now, come see me. If you're down in Nashville, I'll be there. Um, so yeah, we'll be there, and I haven't been to a Bills game in. Na- I've been to Nashville several times, but I've never been to a Bills game in Nashville. I hear from you know our local stations here and all that stuff, and you always hear how it is a wild like Bills home game down there right. in Nashville. So and what's I'm interesting excited. for the last few years, it's always been like when the Bills and and Tennessee played, 
it was really you were going to see seven field goals. Yeah. Right. And that was going to be all the scoring. Yep. And whichever team scored four field goals beat the team that scored three field goals. You're right about that. Um, but I really think that this year the Bills are probably going to come in thinking about last year's game. Oh, yeah. Um, and really wanting to just keep doing what they've been doing, which yeah. is blowing teams out. One last stat before we move on, because we do have to talk about some yes. freight here. Um, wild stat. And I gave this to you before the show, and I want to put it out there. Um, I believe I came across it from Yards Per Pass, an account on Twitter. Um, that I follow for kind of uh, sports updates and, and stats. So I'll give credit where credit is due as far as finding this stat. But he found a wild one, right? So the Bills' defense, and I'm just going to round up on the percentage. I'm not going to go, you know, point whatever. Um, the Bills' defense right now is forcing a turnover. And we're talking all possessions. On every single, or, you know, all possessions. They're forcing a turnover on 22% of those uh, possessions defensively. The score rate on the Bills' defense is 19%. So let me just rewind that for you one more time if you don't kind of get that. You are more likely, if you're an NFL offense, you are more likely going right into the first play, you are more likely to turn the ball over against the Buffalo Bills' defense than you are to score. And we're talking even a field goal. Right. That is that, insane. Unbelievable. And, and, you know, it's you see defenses every year that, that kind of overperform by getting those – by getting turnovers, and it doesn't last, right? Yeah. Because then eventually you don't get as many turnovers, right? You go through droughts, you get sure. in bunches. I'm sure we'll see a, a couple games where they're not going to get as many. And so what I'm always suspicious of is that defense that allows a ton of yards but also gets a lot of turnovers. Yeah, you were bringing that up too. The yards per game look great too for the Bills' defense. Number one. Yep. Number one in, in yards, scoring, and then that, that turnover statistic is just unbelievable. Remember this time last year we were like, what happened to the Bills' defense? Yep. I, you know, I, I said it during the offseason. The defense is going to be there. I think they're going to be back. Yeah. Right? I think Sean McDermott's never going to have a bad defense two years in a row no. in his entire career. Um, and that the, really the thing was going to be, can we combine last year's offense with the prior year's defense? And so far it looks like the answer to that is yes. And an emphatic yes. Right. Not just a yes. It is a yes in all caps with a couple exclamation points. And that's that's the recipe for success. And actually special teams, other than obviously the block punt, special teams right. have been really good too. Yeah, yeah. We won't talk about that block punt. Actually, right. we'll use that to pivot. All right, topic of the day, freight brokers. Here we go. Yes. Um, so we're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to talk about TMSs, right? And we're going to kind of talk on a rudimentary level at first and just go into for all the, for all the people that are listening out there that maybe are new to freight brokering or um, just new to the transportation industry in general, right? We don't want to kind of block those people off, so we want to kind of take time to explain it. A TMS, Transportation Management System, right? It's it's the holy grail. It's what where you're putting all your money, where you're making all your money. Um, it's a programming software where you're going to order entry, let's say, for simple terms. You're going to put in, I have this load from, you know, Buffalo, New York to Atlanta, Georgia. It's picking up today, delivering, you know, two days from now. You're putting all that information into a right. single program, right? Think of it as like, you know, you're putting into Word, but it looks totally different. Well, and, and for everybody that's outside of the freight system, what I can tell you is you have an equivalent to this. Yes. Your business on some level has something that manages your business, right? It's, it's got your inventory or it's got your finances or whatever you manage. That's that's what an order that's what an order goes through. Yep. Um, right. So you have an equivalent. Whatever you're doing, it's it's our equivalent to that. Yep. Exactly. So think equivalent to you know just any management system in a business. Right. That's a you know program on a computer. Right. <laughs> Put it even more simple. Um, 
So this TMS is going to do a, a, a lot of things for you, right? It's not just as simple as, you know, hey, post and book, right? It's not as simple as just order entry and that's it. Some TMSs can be that way. Um, I, I think that uh, you see in this industry, especially transportation, right? And we'll just say like management systems across industries, you know, not even transportation. You know, like you said, a manufacturing company needs the inventory in their management system and all that. When you're talking management systems to a specific industry, the freight and brokering industry um, and just movement of freight management systems are so underdeveloped technologically yeah. on a widespread level in this country uh, and really just in the industry in general, even global, um, that it's actually pretty funny when you when you can look at some of the TMSs that, you know, because obviously we see brokers that come from different companies. Um, we talk to people that have different TMSs and stuff like that. And you, you compare, right? You compare and contrast what your TMS does versus what mine does. And some of the ones you see out there still today, like today right now, are comical. Like, right. like Excel, Excel spreadsheets. They're yeah. running a whole business off of. And it's wild. It's wild. It's yeah, and, taken... and it's 2021. You should not be running any business off of an Excel spreadsheet. No, no. And, and it's, it's scary that a lot of businesses still do as far as a brokerage. And then and we're talking smaller time, right? Right. As you grow in size, you're going to have more money available to you to invest, right? Invest into your technology. And, and that's something that any media outlet in the transportation or freight world, we're talking like freight waves, things like that, for about almost eight years now, ever since I got in the transportation industry and well before me, I'd say about a year or two before me, they've been ringing that bell saying, if you're not investing in technology right now, it's in 10 years, you're not even going to say like, oh, I mean, I wish I would have. You're not going to be there to say, I wish I would have. You're going right, to be gone. You're, gone. you're going to be gone. So it's something that is always evolving. And to get back to kind of um, some things that you want to look for in your TMS, right? I got four basic principles of a TMS that if I'm going somewhere, I want to make sure that at the very least all four of these are in there. And then from there, you kind of see like who has the best of these four, right? So I'll just kind of list them off here. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So first one's going to be some kind of reporting software within that transportation management system, or it could be a separate program tied to it. But there needs to be some analytical software that's going to basically say, hey, all the data that you've entered to us over you know, like six months, let's say, on this one customer, all the lanes, all the pricing, everything you've entered, here it all is in a simple format if you want to quickly grab that data, right? Right. You're going to want to be able to see that. And now there, there are going to be cases, too, where you don't really have much in the way of analytics, but you could export to Excel. Correct. And then you can do it. You really need to think about whether that's good enough for, for you if you're if you're talking to somebody about something like that. Think about size. That would be my first thing as an agency, right? Am I four five hundred k in revenue or under? Well, then maybe I could I could deal with that, right? Right. If I'm going to be over, if I'm going to be in the millions in my book of business, I don't have time. I don't have time. Right. I need a reporting software that needs to be like that. Yeah. Let me snap want... my fingers and I can pull six months what I did for this customer revenue profit or uh, payables. What's my bottom line, right? Yeah. If you can't figure out what your profit is very quickly from a system like this, it's really not doing something for you that it needs to be doing. Yes. Yep. And that's one thing I'll give LDI credit for. Our, uh, we've always had a, a reporting software that's been tied to our TMS, right? Um, yep. With development kind of coming out maybe in the next year or so with us, we're going to kind of tie those in together um, as far as like into one program. But we've always had that, that reporting software where an agent of ours can go in and grab whatever they need to as far as a customer or a carrier metric. Right. I'll go real broad on that. And they're all they're, they're the same back end, so it's really you're you're seeing 
everything tied to the same system. Yes. You're not exporting things to then run reports on. No, it's all there. Yep, absolutely. So number one, reporting software, make sure you have it. From there, you kind of can compare your agencies, um, your brokerages based on how robust that reporting software is. And like I said, I would equate that to how book of bus- or how big a book of business you have. Right. right. Um, Second thing is going to be a quick post feature. And what I mean by that is I don't have to go in every time I get a potential load, right? And I'm talking a load that maybe, I don't know if my customer's going to give it to me or not. I'm going to maybe get some pricing. We're going to get back to them. And then, you know, they'll say yes or no, right? You need to be able to have a quick post feature where I can come into a TMS and just within two minutes, I can throw all the important information up on a load board. Right? And the beauty of LDI Freight, our proprietary TMS, is that we have something like that. Right, And we have something like that where I can post simultaneously. I don't have to go log into DAT. I don't have to go log right. into Truck Stop and post. Log into Post Everywhere, post. And that's can, huge, especially for the scenario you mentioned where you're not sure you're going to get that load. Yep. How much time do you want to spend finding your pricing to find out you're not getting the freight? Exactly. Yep. So you want to be able to kind of just come in there, put it up on the board and put it to all boards from one system, not have to go to browser here, go to this tab, go to that tab. Nope. I'm going to one program within my TMS. I can put all the information in quickly within two minutes. I can hit a button and it's out on the boards. And that's, and now I just start fielding calls. Right. Yeah. And now you're also, in addition to not spending extra time on freight, you might not win. You're more likely to win that freight Yeah. because you've now put it out faster than probably anybody else yep. is able to. Yep, and you can be organized, right? A lot of the times in some TMSs, a order entry, like let's say a load itself, you're not able to permanently delete from a lot of those just because of the way uh, the data is going to work and the way you know it's going to pull that information and, and all that stuff. You know, That's beyond my, my technical uh, knowledge. But um, it helps when I don't have to always build up a load to get it out there, right? And then I got to go and I got to cancel it, right? And then right. it's clutter within my TMS as a canceled status load and not, you know, off the board, right? A quick post feature allows you to kind of quickly just delete it, right? If I know that it's gone or I covered it, boom, I delete it right off of there and I've got no clutter. Great. Right. And actually, I, I know just enough on the technical side of things to get myself into trouble there. So I'm not going to get into detail, but I can tell you that that really shows that there was some foresight to that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. And to give everybody that's listening a, a little bit of an idea, I came from outside the freight industry. I've been in it for about a year and a half now, a little less. Um, and so I'm actually learning as you are right now. So I'm you know kind of think of me right now as your voice yeah. um, because Joe's explaining this stuff and he's explaining it to me just as much as he's explaining it to you. C- coming along for the ride. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> All right, so yes, make sure you got a quick post feature. Most I will say most TMSs do by this point. Um, you know, you very rarely find one that, you know, like I said, if it's a mom and pop brokerage, you might not be able to have that ability. Uh, but again, that all goes yep. into your decision. Well, and, and look for that quality, the stuff you were talking about, right? Being able to take the load down quickly, being able to post it simultaneously to multiple boards. Can I move it from an old, a quick post to an actual load by clicking right. one button, right? That's convenient. Um, so things like that, right? Look for those things. Anything to make it more efficient and more easy on you. That's what you should. That's what a TMS is supposed to do, right? The faster you get them posted, the faster you can get them covered, and you can call your customer back with pricing yep. and try to land your sale. Yep, and that furthers like, hey, this guy's on top of his stuff. He's getting me back pricing right away. I don't have to chase him, and there you go. You're making more money, right? Yeah. So that's why they say a TMS is your your gold mine. It's your money maker. Um, third thing, this is a big big one that is more so prevalent. Um, eh, I, you know what? I, I, 
that that thought I was gonna say more prevalent today than it ever has been, but you've always kind of needed this a CRM within basically one for customers and one for prospects, right? Right. So to be able to come in and basically, if I have a very large customer, let's say, but I've been, I know that there's another office, you know, down in Santa Fe that is doing a ton of freight. I just haven't been able to get in there. I need to kind of wiggle my way in, have conversations with this person, get to that person, find that person, uh, and kind of link that and do a lot of kind of digging, right? I want to be able to log that stuff, right? I have a good conversation and I find a contact number for the Santa Fe office, right? I'm going to want to go into my CRM and my customer within my TMS to say, hey, had this conversation, follow up, and maybe even send an alert for your TMS to kind of alert you and say, you know, two weeks from now, hey, call call that company down in Santa Fe, right? Yeah. You're going to want to be able to do that. And more so, it's going to be for prospecting, right? Uh, prospecting within uh, a TMS is tough in an agency model the way that we are. Because you're just not there. You, there's no way to truly um, aggregate and manage that in a fair way. Um, where if you're in a, um, a, a W-2 model, an in-house brokerage, very easy, right? You have your directors and your vice presidents and your people that run the company. They can put together an aggregate list of leads that everybody sees. And then, boom, we can tag and, and have protection rules and stuff like that, right? right? So that's an easier route. But just to have the ability in your TMS as an agent to say, you know, I can go in, I can add a prospect, and here I can log all my conversations, right? So if you ever did run into an issue where, like, you know, let's just get into Freight Broker 101, we all go through it, right? I've been prospecting this guy for six months. I go in there, I finally get a load, and it's like, oh, well, we just had an agent set them up the other day. And it's like, whoa, now I got nothing, right? Maybe if I had a CRM with showing exactly what I've been doing, right? We can kind of have that conversation. And the other thing, too, with CRM systems, and I wrote an entire blog post. It's on our website, logisticdynamics.com. Yes, Um, get there. Read it. Absolutely. Um, With CRM systems, if you're using them properly, right, you're setting alerts, you're adding your your prospects when you talk to them, uh, you're you're keeping their status up to date. What's great is when you log in in the morning, right, you you get up, you make your coffee, and you sit down at your computer, um, rather than okay, I need to call so-and-so, I need to email this guy. Um, you just have a checklist. Yeah. If you run nice, your yeah. checklist every day, you're keeping your prospects up to date. Yeah, yeah. To be able to kind of come in and say, you know, bullet point what I need to do here, that, that's, that is invaluable. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, there's really not much more to say on that. Just make sure you have some kind of CRM within that TMS. It's very important. Right? Absolutely. To keep yourself managed on the sales and customer side of things right yep. we've already discussed there's going to be a, there's going to be a podcast episode a little later on time management yes and yep. i promise you uh we'll be talking about crm a little bit during that one as well oh i think so i think so drew um but just to go into the last one here is uh, and now again this could be uh, just because i'm laughing because i i've seen it it just it, multi, it could be presented in a multitude of ways in a T, within a TMS, but a general load matching capability within your TMS. All right, so it doesn't have to necessarily mean like I'm not doing any work and literally they're just telling me, hey, this load it matches up with this carrier, they're going to do it. Right, we're not going to go Uber Freight or these digital brokerages, which we're going to get into in a minute. Right, um, but something within there. And when I think of LDI and I think of LDI Freight, I think of Carrier Smart Search as one of our tools, right? I can go in there, I can put a equipment type, I can put a lane, I can do search radius miles within those two cities. 
um, and basically give me an aggregate list of all posted trucks out of all the load boards to call based on my search criteria. Uh, a load history of loads done in LDI before that I can call out to uh, some of our partners that we've hauled this lane with before in the past. Right, I can get, I can build a good aggregate list to if I need to call out and I need to start matching, I can do that and I can do right. that and have many options. Right, and, and some of them have an option where if you're not looking to do phone calls and you want to send out a blast email, I can check off all of them. Email is already stored within the TMS. Boom, email gets sent right. off to all those carrier companies. And what's great about that, too, is it gives you a lot of options, but it doesn't give you too many options. Correct. Because what you don't want to have is just every truck that we've ever worked with. Yep. Right? You're not going to sit there and you're not going to make 100,000 phone calls. No. Um, no. And so what you really want to do is make sure that you're giving yourself a lot of options, but you're giving yourself a lot of high-value, high-likelihood options. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, because you don't want to just sit there calling randomly yep. uh, because you're never going to cover that load. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's... When I say load matching, I, I want to be careful with that, and I want and not everybody out there to think, you know, digital freight brokers, I don't have to do any work. It just literally matches a truck to my load. No. Anything in brokerage, you're going to have to do some kind of work. You're going to have to. That's why we're here, right? That's why yeah. we're brokers. Um, but something to basically uh, make that process a little bit easier, right? Give you a, let's say, on the customer side, right, you're prospecting, you're going to want a lead list. You're not just going to go out there. I know brokers, right? A lot of the times, you know, I know that when I was a broker, I literally was a Google broker, right? I would go on Google and I would look up companies and that's how I did my prospecting. Yeah. A lot of times you tell agents that they're not going to like that. They want to kind of have like a list, right? A sales genie or something like that. Well, you want a TMS to be able to kind of give you that same thing for a carrier list um, to basically say, hey, these are the carriers that we think you'd have a good shot at as far as getting them to get on your load based on all your search criteria. Um, you know, again, the varying ranges of the robustness of that load matching tool all over the place when it comes to TMSs. But right. like I said, make sure it does have something like that. And then from there you can say, all right, which one's better and which one does this and which one does that. And I'd also say just be very cautious too if somebody basically tells you, yeah, you click the button, it covers your freight. Yeah. No, no it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. Speaking of that, and right. speaking of digital brokers, Drew, I know that before you wore the hat of the marketing guru here at LDI, you were in manufacturing, um, yes. and you were heavily involved in the process of that manufacturing company on selecting your vendor partners as far as brokerage and, and transportation of your freight went, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So I want to give you a kind of a, 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 a scenario and kind of get your opinion, and then we'll talk about it, right? So I'm going to have two brokers come to you, Drew, and let's just say that you have full control. You get to choose who I'm partnering with to move my freight. First broker that's going to come to you is going to be a, a person, a traditional broker. He's going to show up in person to your offices. He's going to meet you. He's going to sit down. And he's basically going to explain to you exactly what he does. And, you know, we won't get into the details, but I am a freight broker. Here's right. what we do. Um, and then I actually want to back that up by I brought my laptop today. And I want to just show you a couple loads I have going for one of my other customers that also does, you know, XY product that you do. Look at this TMS system that I have that keeps everything organized. Here's how I you know, can look for trucks. Here's how I can get pricing for you. Right? This is a great tool. Right? And he comes to you and he says that. And, and you know, he says, basically, anytime that you have a problem, anything goes wrong, you can, here's my cell phone number as well. You call me direct, day or night, weekend. I'm going to make sure that if I can't help you, I'm going to get you somebody on my team that can. We're going to get this taken care of. Right? Sounds great. Right? Yeah. Second broker that comes into you. 
didn't come in person. They, they kind of reached out to you via email, let's say. Um, or they could have came in person, right? It could have been a, a CEO or something like that coming into you and saying and pitching the idea of a digital freight broker. And they tell you that it's, it's no touch, right? Um, you get to go into a system. You get to enter in your load information. And basically, our system will take it, aggregate it, match it to a carrier for you, um, and spit back a price at you. And all you got to do is click book. And we'll take care of the rest, right? Um, what are you thinking on those two options? Yeah. So Just a actually, way to present. right. So this isn't going to be the answer that I think a lot of our listeners who are freight brokers necessarily want to hear. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, both of those sound really good to me. Yep. Both of those sound like great options, and the difference is really going to be which one of those was I most confident in, right? Because I know. Yeah, I can log into a system and I can I can take care of it. I'm sure I'll learn the system, no problem. It's not a big deal. I'm pretty tech savvy, right? Some people aren't are going to say no to that right away. Uh, but I'm a big fan of automation and technology in, in this sort of thing. Um, but then I also know, okay, who do I call when it goes wrong? Yep. Because I know that when it comes right down to it, there's still trucks on the road, right? There are still things that, that happen. There are exceptions, Right, we have exceptions on on a lot of our our loads, and there are people in those trucks. Right, um, and, and so now I've got one of two options. Right, either something's just going wrong, or I am very manually handling that process myself now, um, and almost certainly at a time I don't have time to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Right, so um, there's a lot of appeal to both of those things to me, and the biggest thing that's really going to make the difference is if that first guy really seems like he knows his stuff. Right, and, and he is giving me confidence that he really is there, right? That his customer service is on the ball, that he is right there every single time I need him. It's a no-brainer. That's what I want to have. And that's what I wanted to get to. I wanted to get to that point. And this is all becoming, this is, this is two-part, right? It's presentation and it's TMS. We're talking about TMSs, right? So my point here on this is if I were sitting in your shoes, right, and it's, I wanted to kind of get your um, your opinion because it's easy for me to sit back here and just spew my freight broker stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Because you know what I'm going to say. Right. Like I said, it, I, I'm sure that not every freight broker wanted to hear that answer or sure. the way I put it. Sure, but it's a fact of the matter, right? It's, yeah. it's people that are in freight daily here, no touch. I can log into a system, click book, and there it is. It's gone. It's done. Right? Right. It's going to sound amazing to somebody, anybody in this world yep. that has to do freight and they don't want anything to do with it, they want a broker, that's going to sound amazing, right? My first question, if I were you, would have been, what happens, Mr. Digital Broker, when truck breaks down at 3 a.m. and now we're going to be six hours late? Right. Who do I call? And, you know, he's going to have, an answer. He's going to have an answer for that, right? Absolutely. He's going to tell me that they've got some sort of automated system, too, that detects when the truck breaks down or something wild like that right and i'm gonna guarantee that there's a person behind that automated system i'm i'm sure and and even beyond that though what about the thing i can't think of what about the thing i don't know to ask right because every day i i come over at you know you and i you and i work what 80 feet apart from each other i stop by and you are working on something i've never even heard of yep right there's always there it's an entire country yeah with trucks on the road and weather patterns and pandemics and all sorts of things that we just have never seen before. That's why I love this industry, Right, And man. you do not, I, I promise you, 
no matter what kind of automated system you have, it has not thought of all of those things. Exactly. And that's another fantastic point. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even think of that. <laughs> because, you know, thinking outside the box is something that a great freight broker, everyone that I've ever met, any great freight broker, I'm talking ones that have multi-million dollar books. Yeah. They are outside the box thinkers. They don't ever think inside the box. They are thinking of ways to, you know, how do we, you know, truck broke down. All right, can we get another trailer out there? Can we get an interchange agreement? Can we, you know, can we drop and hook? Can we drop off? Can we get the, they're always thinking, right? They're always thinking of something. And a computer system, if you get a broker that comes to you and says, we are no touch, we are no person, we are digital broker fully. I'm running away because that digital broker is not going to think. If they truly are a just straight digital broker, which I don't think they are. I'm going to call them out on the BS on that. But, right. um, you know, they're not going to be able to think outside the box on solutions, right? They're just going to look for the easiest solution. Um, like you said, the computer's not going to know what questions to ask you, right? If I'm, you know, Joe, Joe Schmo broker and I'm the one that came to you and said 24-7, here's my cell number, boom, boom, boom. You know... That you're like, man, I really don't want to call him at one, but like my job's on the line here. We got lost freight, right? You know that Joe Schmo is going to pick up that phone and say, I might not have the answer right now, but I'm going to get to work on it right now for you. Right. Right. And you're going to have a person behind driving that, right? Like I said, drivers out there, there's people behind those wheels, right? It's not computers yet. <laughs> but. And you know what's great too is eventually there's, yeah, I'm going to get to the point with that Joe Schmo broker, right? Where <laughs> I've been working with him now for five years. I make that 1 a.m. phone call because something has gone wrong, and I go back to bed. Yep. Right? Because I know it's handled. Yep. Yep. And you're not worried, like, mm, is there going to be a glitch in the city? Like, is, is this digital freight broker just going to forget about me? There's so many variables when it comes to working with just straight computers. You know what I mean? That's all I'm trying to get at. And the second big takeaway that I kind of want to get at is, and the reason why I went into the four main things of a TMS, at the end of the day, as long as that TMS does those four things, it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter if it's the fanciest, sexiest looking TMS in the world. It does not matter if you are not a great, well, if you're not a good, competent freight broker. It does right. not matter. It will never matter. What matters and how customers value um, transportation partners, and spe- specifically freight broker partners, is you know, can they get it done right? It, 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 that's all it's going to do. Yeah. And no TMS is going to be able to book freight for you. you got to be able to do that yourself, right? So that's kind of the main takeaway that, that I have on this. There's a lot of skills that go into in, into being a freight broker, and I'm learning that more and more myself over, over the past year. Um, but the, the number one in, in that job, in most jobs, is, is relationship management. Yes. Right? You have to be able to make your customer confident, and you have to be able to call your, your potential carriers and get something to happen. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of how you get the money, and it's almost yep. like the TMS is kind of like your bank, right? I'm storing it in there. Well, and, right? and one, thing, one thing I will say is that the the great thing about those automated systems is the visibility, the level of visibility that that customer has. True. Right? They can see all of that stuff, and they want to see that. So they need to know about your communication skills. Exactly. And I, and I don't want it to sound like we've had digital broker or digital brokering episodes before here, right? Where we're right. given our opinions. And I think anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that I don't like the facade that they put out there, that they are just a true digital freight because they're not, right? Um, and, and that's really the, the, the long and the short of it is, is there's never going to be one solution for that. 
it's going to need to be a person that's going to be able to kind of find a solution and work that system, right? So to have a great TMS and have yourself be a great freight broker, that's only that's only making the, the equation greater, right? So that's what I would argue, right? Don't just yeah. think that, hey, I'm with a digital automated freight brokerage and on a customer or a brokerage side. Know that you need to have that that person to be able to drive that great digital brokerage. Right. Well, and that visibility aspect is great if that's actually what's going to end up happening. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, but how confident are you that again, that exceptions can be managed? Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I think we've beat that dead horse down, down pretty good. Um, and like <laughs> I said, do, as we do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I said, what did I say going to this one is going to be a super short podcast. Right. Here we are. I don't even know what our time is right now, but. Oh yeah. Our, 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 timer <laughs> our timer went died. dark on us. We're about 45 minutes. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah. Like I said, real short one today, Drew. Right. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think, uh, I think it's going to be a great season. We've got a lot of good topics like this. And this was probably, when I was looking at the topic board before we picked this one for today, I was like, man, that's probably the least, you know, talking, you know, talk-worthy point, right? It's like the one I'm least excited about. And we just chatted and rumbled on a you know, very good, very good uh, conversation. Yeah, I and think. when you told me that you wanted, you wanted to ask about kind of my experience from the manufacturing side, and what those two brokers would look like to me, I was excited. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was good. I think we're going to do a lot more of that stuff. You know, like, hey, we're going to give the situation, the scenario, and we're just going to talk about it. Like, what would we do? What would we think? Um, and that's with Eric, too. Yeah, I was going to tell everybody out there, I think uh, Eric's a super fan, man. He's uh, he's already outside of the arena. If you didn't know, the Sabres open the season tonight. He's already outside of that arena just screaming and chanting. That's why he's not here today. You know, I went to every <laughs> game I could make it to in 2014. I watched them lose over and over again. They got to give me something before I'm going back. Same, same. I'm just totally kidding. He's not down there already, right. but he does. Uh, he does have tickets tonight, but they're free. He did make, He didn't want me to mention that. Hey, I'm not giving a dime to this <laughs> to this organization. They're free. <laughs> I'm not going to say the thing that that just went through my mind. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, look out for the Sabres, look out for the freight brokers, look out for the broker bros, and as we always say to close the show here, go, go Bills. Bills.